Welcome to the NutraStrong podcast, Campfire Nutrition. I'm William Rowe, CEO and co-founder of NutraSource. Over the last 20 years in the nutrition business, we've helped companies around the world commercialize their products. Still to this day, some of these nutritional concepts are difficult to understand. I'm on a mission to help you, the consuming public, understand nutrition better. Join me as I sit down with nutrition industry leaders for casual chat that I hope you find educational and fun. Thank you. Have a great episode. Well, uh, we're very thankful today to be joined by Rob Brewster, president of uh, Ingredients by Nature, uh, for this segment of uh, NutraStrong uh, Campfire Nutrition. Rob, so great to have you. Thank you for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, I know we've been trying to get this episode for a while, so it sounds like you're you're a busy, busy guy. Absolutely. And, uh, a lot of things going on at the company, so... Maybe we could start first, just uh, introduce yourself and tell us a bit uh, about Ingredients by Nature and how the company came to be and how it's yeah. been in your family for a while. It's a cool story. So, so I'll give you the cliff note version, if you will, but I'm Rob Brewster, president of Ingredients by Nature. Um, I'm also president of our family company, Brewster Nutrition. Uh, to give you a, a quick background, um, Brewster Nutrition was started by my grandfather in 1932. So next year in 2022 will be 90 years. Um, I'm third generation, so my father um, was running the company uh, before me. Um, I've been in the industry for 21 years now. Uh, before that, I was a financial advisor uh, during the tech downturn. So I was a junior broker and that didn't go so well as you can imagine. Um, yeah. So I decided to, to get into the family business. Um, Going back to uh, the early years, my grandfather started the company. He was well before his time with nutrition, but he started the company uh, with a emphasis on tomato, alfalfa, and citrus science. So he was extracting from citrus. He was juicing alfalfa. And in the 1950s, uh, he actually, the company was probably one of the first MLMs in the industry. So he was actually selling... Um, finished vitamins. Um, he was doing a lot with vitamin D, vitamin A, you name it. Um, at the same time, he was researching and, and uh, doing some extraction of, of various ingredients. But he had storefronts, he had distributors, um, he was teaching his distributors the ABCs of nutrition. Um, so like I said, well before his time. So he's a pioneer for this industry mm -hmm. for sure. Um, when my, my grandfather got sick, my father uh, joined the company in the 70s. Um, and decided to kind of take it back to its roots of doing more of a raw ingredient manufacturing uh, platform. So he started doing more with the extraction of citrus, which was his main focus. Um, he also started getting into probiotics. That's where our probiotics came from. We were freeze drying our own cultures. Um, and so, yeah, it was basic in bioflavonoids, in probiotics, and still we were doing the alfalfa juice products as well. In the 50s, Neutralite actually, which was Amway, purchased mm -hmm. part of our plant um, and put a, a fence in for security because we were making the chlorophyll tablets for them. So they, they felt like they had to protect that. Um, fast forward to 2000, when I started uh, with the company, uh, my goal was to actually take our natural ingredients, the alfalfas, the citrus, uh, and the probiotics, and make a push for the animal nutrition industry. So that was my goal. And I actually have built up our animal nutrition business to it's roughly 40% of our business now. So wow. 
we sell to most of the major pet brands. And I was one of the first uh, people to come into the pet food industry and offer human grade ingredients. And, and really from there, we saw a humanization of the pet food industry. That growth more on the, the pet supplement side or the pet food side or a mix of both? Both. both. I think the, the pet food side is where it started, but the pet supplement side is growing tremendously right now. Um, there's a huge expansion of, of pet supplement products. You know, most of my human nutrition uh, customers are actually making pet products as well. So really it's, it's what we're feeding ourselves, we're feeding our pets is really the focus for the future. In 2008, my, my younger brother came on. Uh, he was a uh, minor league baseball player and decided he wanted to get into sales. So I brought him on and we decided, you know, the Brewster, the Brewster Nutrition brand is fantastic, but, you know, we have a partner in the citrus business that was with some ingredients and there were some synergies. So we created a marketing arm, if you will, called Ingredients by Nature. So the focus of Ingredients by Nature was to handle all the marketing, the sales. We do all of our science funded by the company and we offer full powder processing. So we do everything you can imagine to get ingredients ready for the contract manufacturer or for the customer. So fast forward to today, we, we offer 300 ingredient types to the industry. We have uh, multiple clinically backed ingredients that are branded and uh, that we've done multiple clinical trials on. And so that's really our focus moving forward is to create science-backed ingredients for clinical endpoints. Wonderful. So that's and us you, in a nutshell. Wonderful. And are you seeing the, um, in terms of your clinical program, obviously human clinical styles with human participants, but also companion animal studies as well to further bolster your claims or marketing positions in the supplement or pet food space. Absolutely. Well, when you start a, a human clinical, a lot of times you have to do animal studies anyways. So um, they're, they're pretty easy to cross over. Our focus initially has been the human side, but um, in 2022, we have a companion animal study uh, with our citrus bioflavonoids for metabolic syndrome plan. Um, there are some challenges with human clinicals right now in the COVID landscape. Um, you know, we had human clinicals that were in process during uh, the start of COVID in 2020 that have been delayed just because it's hard to get participants uh, with the whole COVID landscape. But um, things seem to be opening up a little bit more and we're able to, uh, to continue with those studies. <clears throat> Wonderful. And then uh, going back a bit, I was very interested in your uh, grandfather's story starting uh, uh, a business in during the Great Depression. I'm just wondering, was there something that happened to him that caused him to say, I'm going to make my own way? Uh, as an entrepreneur myself, I'm always interested in entrepreneurial story. Or was it just that he was on trend ahead of his time or a little bit of both? Like what, what inspired him to get into this area and say, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a nutrition ingredient business going? Yeah. Super intelligent guy was, was never, you know, I, he passed away when I was three, but you know, I, I get great stories from my father, but just super determined uh, with a focus on supplementing the diet. I don't know what it was, what brought him to the point where he needed to study nutrition and, but, but he did, and he, he found a niche and he really just, he took it from there. Like I said, he was probably one of the first supplement manufacturers in the United States. Um, so what made him, uh, start teaching the ABCs of nutrition, um, th there's a old ad that he ran in, in some of the newspapers and it was, a a lady sitting at a table, a mother sitting at a table with a, a tablet that she was feeding her child. 
and just it, it it's just way before you know his time i just i don't know what it was yeah it's it's it is fascinating and i i find these old files you know we've got you know rooms and rooms of old uh pictures and how they used to make their supplements uh in terms of the labeling and how they had to do it by hand and it's just it's amazing to me it's something that you know my father and my grandfather i've tried to to get the story out um, because i think they definitely deserve some uh, recognition in this industry for what they've done yeah very pioneering and you know there's there's the hall of fames at uh, expo west and there's some other avenues for that i don't know if that they're part of that uh currently but yeah definitely uh uh, based upon what they pioneered, <laughs> there's there's yeah. got to be a Hall of Fame in nutrition somewhere. Absolutely, absolutely. They would they would definitely be uh, nominated for that for sure. <clears throat> and then, how do you feel? Because I've grown up in the nutrition industry, much like you have been around it for for over 20 years now. Uh, and with all the mergers and acquisitions and uh, consolidation that's occurred, particularly in the last five to ten years, with uh, CPGs and pharma and other buying up. How do you guys find uh, competing and surviving and growing in a space that, quite frankly, has very uh, few firms left that are sort of entrepreneurial driven, particularly in the ingredient space? Yeah. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing pharma buying up Nutra. We're seeing yeah. uh, food buying, buying up pet. Um, so it, it's across the board in animal and human nutrition, there's been merger after merger and, and buyouts. And, you know, all we can do, we are very specialized with our flavonoids, you know, of our human nutrition sales, it's about 80% of our sales. Um, we are very specialized and, and we know that the only word that we need to think about is science and continuing to show the value-added uh, benefits of our, our ingredients. And the only way to do that is to invest in the, in the science. If you sit back in this industry um, and, and really just focus on commodity-type items, uh, it's going to be a battle every day. So we can actually sit back and breathe a little bit knowing we've got clinicals in, in process and, and that we're, we're taking profits and, and you know, spending those on or spending that profit on what makes sense and what's going to give us that competitive edge and that's science right so you're you're one of your big strategies and tactics is to reinvest in the science continually it sounds like as an absolutely. ongoing effort and, and program absolutely oh, super super yeah i mean obviously we nutrisource we, we've been offering clinical trials for for decades so uh, uh very much it was a challenge but also an opportunity in covid where we saw changes in the way uh, participants were available for studies, but remote and decentralized studies became uh, a bigger part of what we offer and how we offered it alongside the clinic experience, but sure. very, very interesting. And then in terms of your ingredients and some of the science you've conducted, what are some of the studies you've done that you feel have set you apart in terms of how your claims or your ingredients have been supported? So I, I think the, the biggest example is, is something we've been working on for 10 years uh, in conjunction with the USDA. My father was heavily involved with, with citrus science and, and the USDA. There's a, there's a very uh, prominent um, scientist called Dr. Manthe um, out of Florida. And uh, uh, we knew that we had a, a flavonoid. So back to, to citrus, every citrus variety that's out there has a different flavonoid profile. Um, each of those flavonoids have different clinical endpoints. Well, 
we knew one was really special and it's called Aereo Citrin. And Aereo Citrin is only found in lemons, in citrus limon. Okay. So not only do we have the extraction capability to bring it to purity, but we knew that, you know, it was the most soluble. It had, we, we knew that it was uh, working for tinnitus, ringing of the year. It's in most of the tinnitus formulas. We know it had eye health um, applications, but we started with basic animal trials and out of one of those trials, we did LPS challenges and, and you name it. Something that came up is we saw a lowering of, of glucose, blood glucose. And so we did a few more trials and, and uh, we, you know, and as a, a company, I, I really have a, uh, a focus on metabolic syndrome and prediabetes. It's, it's a category okay. that I think is, is exploding. Um, you know, prediabetes is one of the main reasons that people are immunocompromised. So we just feel that this, this is a great space. So we ended up doing our, our first human clinical with a focus on looking at blood glucose levels. Um, okay. We did the human clinical in conjunction with Sao Paulo University uh, with a Dr. Thais, who was another flavonoid scientist that Dr. Manthe knew. And what we did is we basically took 200 milligrams, 400 milligrams, and 800 milligrams. Um, and, uh, you know, top of the line clinical, everything that was needed and what we found out is that 200 milligrams actually reduced blood glucose levels uh, in all of the subjects and 25% of the subjects completely reversed their prediabetes. So there were other factors that, that we saw. There was an increase in, in GLP um, and some other um, endpoints that we're actually going to be patenting recently. Um, so yeah, we just, we feel that this is a, a solid ingredient in a category that's growing and that has a lot of ingredients that need high dosages and really only go after either insulin res resistance or blood glucose. Our branded ingredient from Aereo Citrin is called Aeromin, is what we called it. So min being minimizing inflammation, uh, lowering blood glucose levels. So what's unique about Aeromin is it not only hits blood glucose and insulin resistance, but it, it's a powerful antioxidant and it increases antioxidant capabilities. So we took that further and did the second human clinical with uh, subjects that were closer to being actual diabetics, like literally right on, on the cusp. The high normals. Exactly. Right? The subjects. I'm slightly yeah. sick. It's slightly yeah. sick. Yeah. So, so based on that first study, we got our, our first patent um, awarded by the USDA. Uh, mm -hmm. We have a second patent for increasing GLP, but we got some good, good data out of the second trial, but that was one that was affected by... COVID, so we didn't get all of the uh, of the participants finished. That one will be coming out uh, in a white paper and, and a publication shortly. Um, we had we did a third trial with with checking how it works with the microbiome. That's going to be coming yeah. out, and then the one that I'm most happy about is it's starting this month. Is we're doing a Shime study, which is an artificial gut study. Um, at mm -hmm. Sao Paulo University, and we are comparing it uh, alone and with metformin. So it's going to be uh, very interesting to see the results, but um, really focusing on, on how it's acting in the body is, is key. So that, that would be probably the biggest uh, study that we have out. We also just recently purchased the citronol, um, which I don't know if you're familiar with, but it's a combination of polymethoxylated flavones, which come from oranges and tangerines combined with palm tocotrienols. Um, we've been manufacturing that for 13 years. It, it changed hands um, with uh, Next Pharmaceutical over to uh, InterHealth and then over to Lonza. And, and we just thought it would be something that we could add to our portfolio and 
my ultimate goal is to combine that with the Aeromin because the only thing that Aeromin doesn't do from a metabolic syndrome standpoint is lower cholesterol. Citronol does. So that combination could be pretty powerful. Yeah, and in the age of COVID, when so much of the hospitalization ICU is tied to obesity and simply being clinically overweight or, or overweight, yep. uh, I, I think that people are paying attention to this like never before. Are you Absolutely. seeing that in your market research and your market data as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, one thing that that recently just came out is is uh, a lot of the studies that these scientists, once COVID came out, they were testing all of these compounds across all plants, uh, fruit species. The number one uh, ingredient that was actually helping prevent getting uh, seriously sick from COVID was hesperidin. Out of all the 900 or 1,000 ingredients that they were checking, hesperidin actually showed uh, the most protection about help, not helping people prevent getting COVID, but the potential for it to help prevent severe illness. I think there's a couple of human clinicals that, are, that will be coming out on that. And for those who might not know where that comes from, where does hesperidin come from? What is the so hesperidin is the most predominant flavonoid found in citrus. So um, across all citrus varieties, it would have it's the most abundant flavonoid that you would find mainly from orange. It's in lemon, tangerine, grapefruit, any hybrid, you're gonna have hesperidin in there. Okay, interesting. And yeah. similarly with, with people uh, looking at their wellness like never before. Uh, are you also seeing on the pet side uh, some of the statistics around pet ownership because of COVID and just people staying at home? Pet ownership has gone through the roof, but they're taking the wellness, the wellness seriously for themselves and also porting that to their pets. The growing side, the kibble and everything has been something that I've been involved in since 2003. But as we entered 2019, 2020 to date, um, the pet supplement uh, category is is just exploding. And yes, people want to themselves, they want to supplement their, their pets as well. Um, and we feel we have the ingredients that can help. Um, the citrus bioflavonoids we know has potential in, in the pet market. Probiotics is, is a growing sure. segment. There's things that need to be done in the pet food industry because a lot of kibble products have probiotics in it, but it's put through extrusion. So it's killing off a lot of the probiotics. So they feel that supplementing it in a, in a different delivery mechanism would be much more, um, it would be the way to go versus putting it through the kibble. So there's a, that's, that's why I think the supplement area is growing so much. And do you see that uh, more uh, US based or do you see that in, in, in other regions as well? Worldwide, we, we get a lot of calls from Europe. Europe is, is big on pet supplements as well. Canada, um, some of the, the growing markets we're seeing Brazil start to, uh, to step up, but they're still, on the, the lower end in terms of, of price, they're super price sensitive, but you know, Europe and the United States and Canada, I think would be the top for, uh, for pet supplements. Interesting. Uh, what about the Asian market? How, are you seeing uh, some trending there? There's a recent large acquisition in the Asian market of a um, US-based uh, pet supplement brand. So yeah. it seems that that area is starting to rev up as well pretty good. Yeah, I mean, all the Asian countries take their pets uh, super seriously, their pet food, their ingredients. Um, so I see that market growing as well, for sure. And, and from your perspective, in terms of supplying the marketplace, do you do, you do a lot, most of that out of the U.S.? Uh, or do you have plants in other jurisdictions and regions as well? If from a pet standpoint? Yeah. 
Yeah, from a pet standpoint, uh, the majority of the of the products we're selling are in the U.S., but we do have Canadian customers. I'm selling to Asian co- uh, countries. We sell all through Europe. So really, it's worldwide in terms of, of, of the pet market. We do a lot also with uh, an ingredient that my father really pioneered as well, which is called Yucca Shitagira. It's a deodorizing product. When you drive to Las Vegas or whatever, and you see the Joshua tree, the Yucca Shitagira, um, we're able to cultivate that. It's all wild crafted, but we we cultivate that in uh, Mexico. And okay. it's a powerful ingredient. Um, it's got medicinal properties, but it, it's also used as a deodorizer. Um, so we sell that worldwide as well. And we also just brought on Kilaya, which is from Chile, which is a Chilean soap bar tree, which has similar deodorizing properties. So that's another added ingredient that we bring to the pet food market that we sell worldwide. And what are some of the applications for those ingredients? So they're mainly used for for pet odors. So uh, there's multiple applications uh, as it pertains to pet. You're getting, you know, uh, ammonia reduction. So what's happening is, is when your pet is urinating, it's not burning the grass. You have the uh, the odor of the food, the odor of the feces. So it's it's a very uh, powerful deodorizer, and it's it all comes down to reducing the ammonia uh, in the in the pet. So this it actually goes, stops the the yellowing burning of yeah. the grass. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. So we also sell it in a lot of feed applications. So. Another thing that my company does is a lot of these ingredients, we take it even past the companion animals. And we're, we're so we're selling this a lot to the uh, the contract feed premixer, if you will, um, that is putting in these specialized feeds that, can, that has certain applications. They're antimicrobials. Um, and that's another application for our citrus as well. We feel that it's antiviral, antimicrobial. It's got all these applications for feed as well. Oh, very interesting. And then your your plant or your factories, they're based in the U.S. predominantly, or do you also have uh, factories and, and farms? You mentioned Mexico, you mentioned Chile. Uh, how are you structured that way, out of curiosity? So so the uh, we have three plants in California. We have our uh, plant in Reseda, which we've had since 1932. It's been here. We do a lot of our, our blending. That's the OG? Yeah, that's the, the OG one. Um, we, we also have a, a agricultural milling plant that we have in Redlands, uh, California. And then uh, the Ingredients by Nature building that we built in 2008 is our flagship facility, which we do a lot of the powder processing. That's in Montclair. Um, we have over 60,000 square feet of storage. We have about 30,000 square feet of milling. Uh, we do everything from water densification to um, micronizing. We do uh, heat and steam sanitation. So we can do really everything at this facility to get the product ready for our customers. Excellent. And then in terms of the environment going forward, what are, what are some of the, the opportunities and also some of the challenges that you're seeing from your perspective in the industry? In terms of how these ingredients affect the environment or, or their processes, is that what you're speaking to? Uh, in, in terms of the uh, uh, getting these ingredients out and distributed and... Uh, oh, I mean, that's... So I actually wrote this down on, on one of my notes because I, I figured you'd ask me about the challenges in the industry. I think, you know, from my perspective right now, the it, it is hard to get your products made and out to customers. And a lot of that 
has to do with with the pricing that's you know and the increases in freight costs and delays is probably the biggest thing affecting the industry the packaging costs the packaging delays so you could have all the product that you want ready to to go but i mean i can't tell you how many people contact me and say that's great i, I you know i can't reorder any more of your product right now because i can't get the the first order packaged i can't find the caps or i can't find i mean it's everywhere so these are huge challenges um that everyone's facing right now uh you know and, and we have a lot of our suppliers that are saying they can't you know they can't run their business because they can't get people to work due to COVID. so yeah i mean covid has been you know it's a horrible disease but for us that you know citrus by flat we doubled our sales in 2020 i mean we we literally did not stop working we were considered a um uh, a necessary company or whatever they call essential it. Essential business. Essential yeah. business. So we're, we're essential business and, and uh, we've been scrapping every day to, to get product out to customers. Um, you know, we've seen 2021 kind of slow down, if you will. I think some of the customers were overbought um, mm. with some of the immune ingredients, but I definitely see in the years to come that the immune category is going to continue to explode. So that's a challenge for us to just keep up and make sure we have enough supply. Right, and then uh, that's specific to your business and translates to other businesses. Are there some other industry challenges that you see on the, the, the regulatory side or the claim side? Or uh, you mentioned the environmental side of the business too, in terms of sustainability. What are some of the challenges there that you guys are facing that you're working through? You know, sustainability. We've been lucky enough from a citrus standpoint to uh, to have multiple suppliers that we've had for 60, 70 years. Um, so we're able to weather some weather some storms. Yeah, we uh, we we buy from all over the world. We you know we uh, so we've been lucky that way. But I know some of our uh, partner companies or, or competitors have had some issues with with supply and and uh, with actual ingredient shortages. Yeah, and and with yeah. sustain, sustainability and and uh, you know we've also seen customers start to try to place orders two years out to make sure that they have supplies. We've seen a lot of our customers uh, where we were the, the single source have decided that they have a new company policy that they have three sources for everything that they split it up. So yeah, the landscape is changing. Um, so yeah. From the standpoint of uh, the claims and the science you're conducting and getting these uh, products integrated into formulas, one of the things I talk to ingredient companies about is oftentimes your ingredient ends up in a formula. Right. Somewhere, somehow, somewhere out there in the supply chain. Sure. You don't have a lot of control, oversight, or visibility. Uh, but some of these ingredients have synergistic effect when they get in certain formulas. So what guidance do you provide sort of upstream uh, in the supply chain to ensure that the payload that you studied in your clinical translates into the formula that's being developed. Well, Cause that to me, yeah. seems like a, that's not a necessarily a COVID specific challenge, but it is an industry challenge for ingredient companies that are dedicated to substantiation. Yeah, I mean, for, from the standpoint of our branded ingredients, you know, we work, you know, I, I try to get past any purchasing agent or, or we like to speak to R and D as much as possible, which, because we are a science-based company, it, it happens the majority of the time. Um, you know, with our clinically backed ingredients, we have protection on that with our patents. We have um, forms that they have to fill out to make sure that they're using proper dosages. Um, we, we try to push for standalone with our clinically backed, but if they do want to put it in with other ingredients, we do mention there's 
synergistic effects. You got to make sure that you're you're looking at the other ingredients that are involved. So yeah, it's a challenge, and uh, really, it's about working with your customers and not just selling them ingredients. It's really partnering with them to to put the best product out to market. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that that exchange is a two way street. It's not just uh, buying a bag of stuff and have a nice day. Yeah. You really have to get integrated and. Uh, uh, yeah, we certainly take the same approach at Nutrisource. So then what do, you, what do you think some of the hot trends are going forward? I mean, we've touched on a few different things like pet market, et cetera, but specifically for, for ingredients by nature, what are some of the things that you see going forward uh, uh, to advance the business? So I would say immunity, obviously, um, is, a, is a huge push. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the, the pre-diabetes, you know, lowering blood sugar segment, I think is, is a fast-growing uh, Part of the business i think people are, are going away from a lot of the fad industries of weight loss and this and that and they're really focusing on what you know customers need at this point in time in the in the COVID environment so um in terms of ingredients are like i mentioned our flavonoids are in most of the multivitamins that are out there they're in most vitamin c products so we've seen a huge uh push for those and we we know they're beneficial i mean citrus bioflavonoids back in the day used to actually be called vitamin p uh, that's how important they were for for nutrition. Um, another really? booming, yeah, oh yeah, another booming part of the industry uh, from an ingredient standpoint is probiotics. Probiotics and the microbiome, you know, gut to brain access. The stomach is the brain, if you will. It's the second brain, and if if we can continue to invest in the science to figure out how these ingredients affect uh, the microbiome, um, it's just going to be a, a, a huge push for human nutrition. Yes, and, and with microbiome, there's various microbiomes, as, as we both know. Uh, you know, gut microbiome has been a main focus, and there's, there's a lot going on in there. Every time you uh, don't eat or eat or, or yes. drink or don't drink, there's all kinds of things going on. It changes constantly. It's fluid environment, as we know. Um, what we're also seeing is uh, a skin as a microbiome, a vaginal microbiome. We're seeing a lot of uh, interest in, in conducting a lot of studies. Are you seeing a similar thing from your perspective? Absolutely. Yep. I would say the, the biggest push we're, we're getting right now from a probiotic standpoint is women's health. I, I formulate vaginal health formulas on a daily basis for, for customers. It's, it's a, it's a super important category. Um, you know, another one is menopause that we're seeing, um, with hot flashes and, and everything that happens during menopause and, and probiotics they feel are, are, are the ingredient that can help for, um, vaginal health for, and, and like I said, the, the basic microbiome of the stomach. So, yeah. And what's your take on, um, uh, prebiotics, which are obviously different probiotics, but that seems to be a hot category that's coming on as well. Well, so I try to push in all my formulas that, that I manufacture for customers to, uh, to focus on putting in prebiotics as well. Um, I will tell you that, that I'm a very strong supporter of FOSS versus inulin. I think inulin, um, we try to push customers away from uh, the long chain, which can cause gas and bloating. We not only are, are investing heavily in FOSS, we have a partnership with Gallum, uh, which in their GoFoss brand out of Israel. Uh, we feel that they're the top FOSS company out there. Um, so we've partnered with them to, to add these to the formulas. But yeah, I think prebiotics, we're looking at our citrus as well uh, as a prebiotic. So I think, you know, making sure that you have the food in there for the probiotics to, uh, to thrive, I think is, is another um, important avenue. Super. In terms of uh, uh, 
trade show and conference activity, we've all been hampered, like every industry has with that getting together and so forth. But uh, do you see that changing as well? Like we have Vita Foods Europe and Supply Side West coming up, which as of today is still a go. But how do you feel about uh, the conference circuit opening up again? And, and with your own marketing and trade show plans, do you hope to engage in that fully uh, soon? Absolutely. I mean, trade shows to me are, are something that I look forward to every year, not only to you know, meet my current customers and, and see the people that I've known in the industry forever and, and you know, shake hands and, and go out for a cocktail. It's it's something that's important, uh, you know, to get face to face and obviously to, to spur interest in, in, uh, in getting new new customers. But um, we are lucky enough to hopefully get to go to supply side this year. I will tell you that one of the biggest pet shows that I've been going to since 2003 is the Pet Food Forum in Kansas City all the top minds, all the, the top scientists in the pet food industry from all the big pet food companies are there and it's a go. Um, so I'm super excited. We've got, you know, a booth there and we'll have some uh, exposure of, of our ingredients. And I'm just excited to get back to that, you know, human to human interaction. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, supply side West, we, we call it here our Super Bowl, And uh, that's what we got. That's what we call it too. It's that's very funny. You call it that. Yeah. We call it the Super Bowl of the industry. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's just been very tough not having that. Uh, I really felt it last year in particular, just not having that show to go to because, you know, it can miss a couple of the other ones. It's kind of like, Oh, okay. But that's the one you just, that's the show to go to, especially on the human side. I I've been going to supply side since I was a little kid. It was called something before supply side, but I went there when it had like 20, 30 booths. My dad, would take take us on a family vacation to Vegas, like Vegas yeah. vacation. But I remember going to those shows, how important it, it was for him to, you know, and how excited to get meals and, and finding about new products. So it's it's the most important show to our industry. And I'm just excited to get back to it. Absolutely. And are you guys exhibiting or floor walking? Yeah, uh, we're exhibiting. Today? Yep. Okay. We, we've had a booth there the past, uh, I think, seven or eight years. And mm-hmm. we're excited to get back and, uh, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be great. If things uh, proceed as planned, we're going in on the Sunday and flying out on the Friday. So yeah, it's a long week. Day. Yeah. But it's an exciting week. It's full of adrenaline and it is, <clears throat> it's in Vegas. So everyone's a little, uh, you know, the eyes are a little bloodshot when they come up to your booth in the morning. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a full day breakfast meeting, full trade show floor day. Uh, you know, some happy hour like Appa or someone will have the happy hour and then you go for dinner and then you have the, the, the after dinner drinks with the client or what have you. And uh, it's a great day, but uh, it's it's a full week. That's for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah you, you need to top your game. And yeah, you need you need a couple of days to, to recover after those for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Rob, I want to thank you again. This has been great. Thanks for all the insight and appreciate the time. I know you're super busy. So it's just great to get the insights from uh, one of the, la- the few last entrepreneurs, true entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial yeah. family in our industries. So. Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining the NutriStrong Campfire Nutrition Podcast. We hope you found this episode both educational and fun. Hope to see you again soon. If you want to check us out further, you can go to Nutrisource.ca or go to certifications.nutrisource.ca. Thank you kindly, and I hope you have a great day. Bye for now.